When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Duck boats ready. Get the duck boats ready. After 39 long years, the cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CLNS Radio. I'm Mike, joined alongside Jason, as always, and the Bruins are on uh, the California trip right now. They get their last game against the Kings today, Saturday, on Saturday night, and the California trip has not gone as planned as a lot of fans and media members probably hoped that would be the Bruins would do a little bit better, but... We'll get into that a little bit later on, but the first thing I want to get to is a little bit of a surprising. It's been a slow week for Bruins news. Nothing really major or breaking has happened, but the one thing that did happen that kind of caught my attention was the the Bruins called up Frank Vetrano on an emergency basis, and David Krejci did not skate Monday before the game against the San Jose Sharks, and that caught my attention because I talked about Krejci last week and how he needs to step up, and... He didn't skate the other day, and Claude Julien said, oh, he, I think he should be good to go. We'll, we'll see, because he skated during the morning skate. But that just goes to show you that Krejci's playing a little bit dinged up right now. And I think you have to be a little bit cautious if you're the Bruins to see if it's if it's kind of serious to maybe hold him out a game or two, because the Bruins are going to need him in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? You guys all keep on saying the Bruins are going to make the playoffs. This schedule, this isn't set yet. The Red Wings can still come back. The Red Wings do have a game in hand. And the way the Bruins are playing on the West trip, it wouldn't shock me if the Bruins fell back down a pole or two. They're going to make the playoffs. No, they're not. Well, I'm not going to say no, they're not, but I have my doubts. Still. You're still having your doubts? Yep. You'll be about, you, you, said, you, you flip-flop more than anyone I know. I'm not. I didn't say they're not going to. I'm just saying I have my doubts. You just said you just said they're think, not. I'm gonna. not going to say they're not. You just said they're not gonna. Yeah, I took that back the moment I said it because that was going too far. I I have my doubts, but I, it's they'll make the playoffs possibly. But who knows? You can't predict predict it with this team. Yeah, they have to stop this losing streak first. It's only been two games. It's gonna be three after tonight. Well, what if they win tonight? I'll be shocked. If, what if they get a point and then? Then you'll be back. If they get a point, if they get a point tonight, of all nights, I'll shut up about not making the playoff thing. They, they, but it's the Kings. You're talking about the schedule, the way that it's played out. Yeah, I know it's the Kings. Obviously, it's not, I don't think it's going to be very, you know. I think the Ducks and Sharks game pretty much speaks for itself. Well, the Ducks game spoke for itself, and the Ducks is the, the uh, second team in the Pacific. But 
All I'm saying is Detroit hasn't really been playing great hockey as of late. The Bruins still played Detroit one more time this year at home. I think the Bruins will be able to hold off Detroit. You you would hope they should be able to. I'm not gonna say that they can't. Well, after, you would hope, the, but it's not it's not all said and done yet. After this California trip, things get a little bit easier for the Bruins. Yeah, they got the Rangers and the Panthers. It does get a little bit easier because the the Rangers and Panthers are both beatable. But you've seen the way the Bruins play against these teams. They're the same team they've been all season, as are most of these teams. But you can't predict it. You can't predict if a player gets injured or not either, or the way that the team's going to play. You really just can't predict only, it. Only, so I'm going to hold my breath until they actually make it. The only it. way this team's not making the playoffs is if Tukaras, Brad Marchand, or Patrice Bergeron get hurt. Yeah, I, I might agree with that, but I'm going to hold my breath until they actually could. Like Detroit's next game is against Florida. Florida, Florida, they have to, Florida's been great. Detroit has to win that game. They have to win it. You're absolutely That's, right. And even if Florida loses, it kind of works towards everybody's advantage too. So there's millions of ways, millions of ways this, this could play out. Tampa Bay hasn't really I been just, playing that well recently. Well, that's the entire everybody, minus the Capitals. Yeah, you know, but that's why I said I'm holding my breath, because anything can happen in a matter of two or three games. No. And that's up. And they have ten games to and go. And also, the, so Ran- it, the it, Rangers are on the California trip right now, too. So when the Bruins come back to the East, they're playing the Rangers, who both are just playing in California right now. So I think that helps out the Bruins, too. Yes, no, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm saying I'm holding my breath because of the fact that anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can't predict it. I'm not saying they can't. I agree with you. I think they should make it, but I'm holding my breath. I'm not going to sit back here and make say it's a said done deal. All right, so we'll have to wait and see about that. We'll see how the Bruins fair tonight. We'll get into the game breakdown of tonight a little bit later on. But the other thing that caught my attention on this West Coast trip is that Chris Kelly traveled with the team. Uh, for Bruins fans, I remember Chris Kelly broke his leg, his tibia, really early on this season. He had to get surgery. Everyone thought he would be out for the year. To be honest, I'm very surprised he's skating right now. And he, he must have recovered pretty pretty rapidly, obviously, to be skating. He's He participated in the skate before the game yesterday. Morning skate, excuse me. He was uh, taking line rushes, like, in and out of the lines. And I'm very surprised by that. But uh, what do you think about Chris Kelly maybe coming back in the next couple games or so? It'll make things interesting, but he's not going to make it back before the playoffs, and the Bruins have to make a deep run into the playoffs for him to make it back. I think I think what I've wrong. been hearing. I think he's going to come back in the next week or two. I think that's rushing him. Why? He's, if he's already taking line rushes, what's... He's already taking... He's he, taking contact, he's taking line rushes, which means when you start taking line I rushes... I haven't heard about the contact thing. Has that changed since yesterday? Well, he hasn't taken contact since yesterday? Well, I, from what I heard from the news on Friday, he hadn't taken contact. He was just skating with the team. But I might have heard differently from you. Yeah, maybe. I haven't heard anything about him taking contact. But I just I just saw him taking a little bit of line rushes and like joining in on the, the three-on-twos and stuff like that. So I, was, I assumed he was able to take contact. No, from what, so, no, from what, I, from what I've heard, and this has been um, all over media, I was, I was paying attention to it to the, to the other day. Even the media is saying he will not be back for the for the uh, regular season. He hasn't taken contact yet, and they think that the Bruins have to make a deep run to the playoffs, like go two rounds for him to make it back. That, that if he makes it back any sooner, that would be rushing him, or he wouldn't be ready. But I could be completely wrong on that too. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that because I mean he did have it. That's why I was surprised he's even skating, to be honest. So that's why if, if you if you it's good to see him skating, but you got to add, add into the fact that he's got to get his strength up and get the conditioning up. He hasn't been in NHL action for the entire season, just about. We got to keep that in the back of our heads. 
Yeah, it's a very good point there. And uh, I, I was kind of hoping he came back just because I was hoping to get Brett Connolly or, you know, Jimmy Hayes out of the lineup. Both Jimmy Hayes was a healthy scratch last night. And I just think Jimmy Hayes and Brett Connolly have been two moves that Don Sweeney has made that just haven't panned out this year for Boston. And I think Chris Kelly would have been a great guy to put on the fourth line, have a good depth forward who knows who's responsible and knows what he's doing on the fourth line. Kills penalties. And uh, I never thought I would say this, but I was actually looking forward to hopefully him coming back to get Connolly out of the lineup. I think you see, but I don't think they'll get Connolly out of out of the lineup. Come on, you know how Clyde is with his fourth with his uh, fourth line. Well, he just moved him up to the third line last night, so he get, yeah, see, he gets rewarded. Yep, and it, it, I'm not gonna go just, there. I, the Bruins. That I don't know. Brett Connolly just really grinds my gears as a Bruins, as a Bruins fan, as a Bruins media member. I just don't understand how Brett Connolly gets regular shifts in the NHL. I would rather someone from eight, from Providence come up and take his, his spot because he he yeah, contributes. That one's on, that's on that's on Claude, and Frank Petrano should be in the lineup too. But yet, yeah, no. Brett Connolly contributes nothing to this team. Absolutely zero, zero. And this Bruins team really grinds my gears. This entire team. But it is what it is. We've already been told we got to deal with it from the from Neely. So, what can we do? I know. I think it's, this is going to be a really big offseason for Boston. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see about that. I hope I hope Neely and Sweeney aren't just you know spitting fire there and actually are serious, or if they're just trying to like calm down the media members after the trade deadline. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm hoping for a big offseason. Uh, the next thing I wanted to touch on too quickly is uh, David Pashnik. I think David Pashnik has really been playing a lot better lately. And he's been scoring. He's been scoring goals. He's been he's been really noticeable in the offensive zone. And I know he's a young player. He's only 19. I know he's still going to turn the puck over every now and then. And he's going to get knocked off the puck a lot easier than a lot of other players because he's still young and he's still skinny. But I think Patrick has been playing really good for the Bruins. And you can see he looks like a difference maker every time he's out there in the offensive zone with the puck. Yeah, I know. I was going to say I agree with that. I think David Pasternak's become one of those solid offensive players that you need, along with a good defense. But you have to keep in mind that the way Claude Julien's coaching him, every time he makes a, makes a mistake, he gets pushed down to the third line or the fourth line, which I don't think is right. You have to kind of let a kid play through that. He has, he's been playing at these, he's been Claude's been better about that recently with Pasternak, which I like. No, it's a good thing that he's been better with it, especially on his worst trip, because he's got to let Pastor not come out of that. But for a kid who was coming off the injury, who struggled the first half of the season, he's been very impressive. Yeah, he's already passed Brett Connolly in goals in probably half the games. Yeah, which is a good sign going into next yeah, year. Yeah, which shows how much Connolly sucks. Yeah, we won't go there. We've been talking about Connolly forever. Nothing's going to happen until the end of the season. I know, but if, if the Bruins re-sign Brett Connolly next season, if they re-sign him, they won't re-sign Connolly. Trust me, they can't. If it, Media will, If they do. They'll, ha- they'll have no excuses. I know, but if they do, I might I might have to spend an hour on this show just bashing the Bruins and bashing Neely and Sweeney and everyone else for, for even remotely thinking that Brett Connolly is going to contribute for this team next year. He's not going to, and they won't re-sign him. They better not. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'll be with you on they, that. They better they not. They better not. Because if they do, I might just have to, you know... Yeah, I'll bash this team with you if they do. All right, so then... Connolly and Hayes are the two players that need to go. So the next thing I want to discuss re- uh, briefly is um, Brad Marchand has, has kind of cooled down a little bit. Obviously, he was on like a goal-a-game, two-goal-a-game pace, and he was literally right scoring almost every other game for the Bruins. 
And it seemed like every time the Bruins had a goal, it was Brad Marchand. And you knew this was going to happen. You knew you couldn't keep up the, that goal every game pace, and it was only a matter of time before. He had a little bit of a dip. I don't think he's he, – he's still playing well. He's still getting opportunities. He's still doing what he can for the – like, he's still doing almost everything you want from him to do, except he's just not putting the puck in that recently. So the Bruins have 10 games left. 10. That's not a lot of games, you know. Brad Marchand has – 34 goals right now. He needs six goals in 10 games to get to 40. You think it's going to be doable for him? Nope. Me neither. Nope. He, he made a fair shot. I think he can hit 36 or 37. He won't hit 40. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get 40 either. I was hoping he hit 40 just because it would have been great for Marshan. Obviously, it would have been great for the team too, but I just think with 10 games left, six goals, he's going to have to go on another. He's going to have to score like two goals a game pretty much or like Go on the pace he just had recently where every time we talked about the Bruins game, he, he was scoring. Just from looking at the schedule, you can tell that he's not going to do it. I mean, they can they couldn't even put up a goal on the Ducks last night. Yeah, but Frederick Anderson played really well. The Bruins didn't play as bad last night as, as the score indicated. And even though Anaheim was the better team, I mean, I, I know I, I, the Bruins had the opportunities to score. I think Anaheim's goalie played really well. Yeah, but what about those first two goals they gave up in the first period? Well, Guys, Dustin couldn't hold on to the puck. That's goaltender's mistake. Can't really blame the team on that one. And then missed the first goal. The first goal went off McQuaid out front and then kind of snuck by Gustafson. So both both little goals that the Ducks scored like within the first five minutes. The first one was kind of like a fluky off off someone and in type goal, and the second one was Gustafson couldn't hang on to the puck. So and, the, and it was two nothing until the third period, and the Bruins kind of took control of that game for a little bit. And they had opportunities to score. They just couldn't find a way to put the puck in the back of the net. No, and that does. It shows improvement compared to that 6-2 loss in Boston. But it, sh- it really it shows you the strength of the West. Oh, yeah. The, the West is really, really, really good. Everyone knows that. The West has been the, the dominant conference for quite some time now. They've won five of the last six Stanley Cups. I mean, even though it's both been Los Angeles and Chicago, Anaheim was right there last year. They, went, they lost to Game 7 to Chicago to go in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, San Jose, uh, not San Jose. St. Louis has always been a tough out for Chicago. They've always seemed to have a deep series with them. So, yeah, the West, the West is really good. And yes, and that's and you know and that's what's going to make it interesting because the Bruins do have to play Chicago and St. Louis in the next couple weeks. I'm not that worried about Chicago. Chicago doesn't really worry me. St. Louis is always a tough St. team. St. Louis, St. Louis, I think, is plays the style the Bruins don't really match up with anymore. Because remember when the, a few years ago, the Bruins were a big, heavy, and physical team. I don't think the Bruins are as physical this year as they have been in a, couple, in a few years past. So I think playing Chicago is more like an open-type skill game where St. Louis kind of comes ready to take the body. So I think that's why I'm not worried about Chicago. Obviously, I'm, I would be worried about Chicago like scoring-wise because they can score, obviously. But that's, why, that's what I mean. I think the St. Louis game is going to be the tougher game, meaning – Physical-wise. Oh, I know. I agree with that. That's what, that's what I was insinuating, that Chicago and St. Louis, the St. Louis game will be tougher. But they're still going to be tough games. Oh, Those yeah. Two no games no doubt just... about it. And uh, I think that Blackhawks-Bruins Black game is going to be on NBC on a Sunday, so that will be fun to watch. Yes, it will be for sure. But you, did, uh, you just kind of touched on it. The Bruins have the toughest remaining schedule for the remaining teams, I think, in the whole NHL. Because you figure they still have the Kings tonight. Their next two games are against the Rangers and the Panthers. 
And as you stated um, before, they still have the Blackhawks to play. They still have the Blues to play. They still have to play the Detroit Red Wings. So, so think it. So think about it this way: they lose if if say, let's just play hypothetical here. They lose the Ducks, the Sharks, the Kings, the Blackhawks, and the Blues. Those are all games that they could they they could possibly lose. The schedule doesn't necessarily work in their favor if the other teams that they need to lose start winning. It's it's that's why I say it's not sudden done yet. Now, if Boston beats Detroit on in in, in April, Boston, Detroit won't stand a chance. Um. I know Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are playing three games in the next few weeks, so that's not said and done. It's, it's, it's going to be a crazy finish. Yeah, but you, you're you looking at it this way too, right? So they play the Kings tonight, the Rangers, and the Panthers. And then they have Toronto and New Jersey. Those are both very winnable games. I know the Bruins have kind of been up and down, but those are two both very winnable games. They're winnable but the Bruin, if the Bruins play to the level that they need to play. And then they have St. Louis and Chicago. I think, I think one of, the, one one of those, those two. two then you have Carolina, Detroit, and Ottawa to close out the year. Those are very three winnable games too. They're all very winnable, but you've seen this Bruins team the entire yeah, season. Yeah, I have, but the, recently they've been playing a lot better. Recently, but this is what they do. They go they're they're streaky. So you can't predict whether or not they're gonna play better the entire rest I mean, of the year. They I play think, better, I think but you can't you, there's no predicting it. I think it. for the past um, the past few weeks they've been playing a lot better. Overall. Yes, overall, but you still you still got to keep an eye out for that. There's nothing guaranteed. Even if they play better, you can't determine the level that the other team's going to play against them. All right, since the trade deadline, the Bruins, I think, have played really well. They beat Calgary. They beat Chicago. They lost to Washington in overtime. They beat Florida. They beat Tampa. They lost in overtime to Carolina, and they beat the Islanders. They've they've played pretty He's well. Passed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they've played worse. They've played pretty well, but you still you still can't predict. These it. last two games have been the only we two games they've lost in regulation since the trade deadline. And that was the first yes, time no. they lost back to back games in regulation. I think. And, and it's and it's the worst than it was expected. But you know, like I said, you can't predict it. You don't know what team's gonna show up or what's gonna happen. I'm just, I'm telling just, you, that I'm not saying they've been playing better for the last three weeks. Yeah, and they have played better, but that doesn't mean they're gonna win. What do you? This is the la- they only lost these last two games since the trade deadline. The, yeah, no, the the only loss, the overtime loss to the Hurricanes, they should have won. And the Blackhawks, it was a good matchup game. It doesn't matter about the matchup. It so if, so can I make an excuse for the Kings tonight? That's a good matchup game against the Bruins because the Bruins played last night. But if no, but if, if the Kings played the Kings played last night no, too, so it's fairly. They didn't. Oh. oh, then the Bruins are screwed tonight. So should I just pencil it in for a scheduled loss? So if the Bruins, so the Bruins are automatically going to lose tonight. So you can't, if the Bruins lose, you can't say anything bad about it. Yeah, pretty much. I would agree with that one because it's going to come down to how they lose. But if they play hard, I'll be okay with that. Yes. So this, this is um, so I think the Bruins they're going to play well tonight. To be honest, I didn't say they're going to. I don't think they're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be obvious. It shouldn't. Be. I don't think it's going to be a nine to two game. Right. I would say. They played the. They played. The, I'd say it's gonna be more like the Ducks game. They played the Ducks game tough last night. I watched the whole game, and because I was obviously I wanted to discuss it today, and I was hoping the Bruins didn't. Because when the Bruins lost the Ducks six two, back in Boston, the Ducks literally dominated that game. Like they were all over the Bruins. The Bruins found a way to score a late goal in the third period or something, to make it like more respectable. But I thought no, the Bruins scored really early into that game in the first shift, and then the Ducks really took control of that game. I thought the Bruins played really well last night. 
I shouldn't say really well. I thought the Bruins played well last night, and they were competing with the Ducks. If the Ducks, I'm not saying the Bruins would have should have won or could have. The Bruins should have won, but they played them tough, and they weren't getting dominated by the Ducks. So that's why I have a little bit of hope. That's why I have a little bit of hope tonight that the Bruins will compete with the Kings. Yeah, but that's right. They they will probably compete, but I just I don't know. I have my like I said. I keep an eye out for that, and you see in the way his team has played all season. I'm not going to guarantee anything until it's clinched, until it's set in stone. All right, so um, let's transition here to to break to break down the the two games the Bruins had this week that uh, in the California trip the Bruins played Tuesday night against San Jose. This game really bummed me out because I thought the Bruins, this was the best chance for the Bruins to get a win. I thought the Bruins were a better team than San Jose most of the night. San Jose ended up winning. They scored a late goal in the third period to take a 3-2 lead on the power play. And um, this game was very, very frustrating for me just because I thought the Bruins had a great opportunity to get a few points. And it, or it was going to overtime. Because it was the, it was tied late in the third period, and they just the Sharks were able to find a way to get it done. And and I'm not saying that the Bruins didn't play bad. The Bruins played really well. The Bruins went down early, one nothing. They fought back to make it two to one. And the second goal by the Sharks score was a fluke. It went off Ryan Spooner's stick and directed in. And that's that's why it was so frustrating to me because I thought the Bruins deserved better in this game against San Jose. No, they did. They that that was like I said, that was another good game where they fought hard. And you almost—it's almost like you wish the Bruins just play on the road the rest of the season because they're way better on the road than they are at home. Than they are at home anyway. Yeah, they really are. Twenty-nine. You see 23, it. Twenty-three, nine, and three uh, away from home. Sixteen, sixteen, and five. And to be honest, that's that's why the Bruins are fighting for their lives—not fighting for their lives—but that's why the Bruins are fighting for a playoff spot right now. It's because they're sixteen, sixteen, and five at home. It's not getting it done. No, it's not. And then if they make the playoffs and they have home field advantage at very first round, you almost root for them to you almost root for them to go to the wild card just for the sake of not having to play at home. All right. Just just for, just for an example right now, Washington is twenty eight, six and two at home. The Rangers are twenty three, eight and three. The Islanders are twenty one, eight and four. Florida is twenty two, nine and five. Tampa Bay is twenty one, eleven and three. And the Bruins are sixteen and sixteen. Yes. That's the difference right there. That's the difference. Okay, that, see, you would think it would be the opposite. The Bruins at home would be 23-9-3, and, and away from home they'd be 16-16-5. You'd figure out, 500 record all away from home, not not bad. But no, they're just abysmal at home for some reason. But came back to that Sharks game, yeah, I thought the Bruins deserved a little bit better fate in that game. And it was just really unfortunate that the Bruins couldn't get a point out of that game. No, it was. It was very unfortunate because it was one of their harder-fought harder games. I ended up watching that game till the end. And it, it was. It was one of the harder-fought games. It was fun to watch. But, again, they just couldn't hang on. Couldn't find a way to score. They had an opportunity to tie it late. David Krejci had a mini breakaway and couldn't get it done. Tori Krug had, a, had an opportunity as, as the buzzer was going off. And Reimer made the save on him. The Bruins were right there, and that's why... I like the way the Bruins are playing. That's why I think they're going to make the playoffs because I think the Bruins are playing a lot better and a lot. They've just been playing a lot better, and I've enjoyed watching them play recently because they're giving it all. They're trying, and even though they lost last night to the Ducks four nothing, it was a two nothing game early on. 
like as we talked about before, the first the first goal deflected off Adam McQueen into the net. Second goal, Gustafson gotta hang on to that. You gotta gotta hang on to that if you want to beat a team like the Ducks. And I was surprised Gustafson played. To be honest, I thought Tukarask would have played. And if I was coach, if I was Claude Julien, I probably would have played Tukarask both games, just because you want to get out of here with a point. And I, I think Tukarask is obviously better than Gustafson, but the Bruins just couldn't find a way to get the puck past Frederick Anderson last night. And they, hey, have you have you done the math this season so far, and what the Bruins have done against those three Pacific teams combined? Well, it was twenty to nine, wasn't it before? It's twenty-seven to ten. Twenty-seven to ten. Yep. Yeah, but those three teams are tough. So I'm assuming a lot of teams are have a record against them of like zero and three or something like that too. It's tough to go to California and win. And the Bruins, even when the Bruins were making the Stanley Cup and had those like big physical teams, it was still tough for the Bruins to go out there and and get points too. Oh no, it was tough. I won't disagree with that. But this Bruins team just. It, it irks me because I remember this team a couple years ago when they played the Sharks and they won that game in the last second because they just kept on fighting the entire game. Well, yeah, that, that's how it was against the Sharks the other day. They kept fighting. They just didn't, they just didn't find a way to score. And that's going to happen sometimes. The other goalie made some good saves. The Bruins just couldn't find a way to get it past Reimer to, to tie the game or to take the lead. But that was like, the Bruins fought. That's, that's, even crazy. that's even crazier that Reimer held onto a lead and got us in the end. Yeah, but that, I mean... Think about it. But the Bruins played. The Bruins played really well against the Sharks, which you expected. But then again, they were on the road too. So it's I keep that in the back of my head. It's it's two it's two different teams. It's Jekyll and Hyde. And I actually think that Jekyll showed up in the road and Hyde shows up at home. But I thought the Bruins deserved a better fate in San Jose. And last night against Anaheim, I think Anaheim was clearly the better team. I think the Bruins played well. Uh, the third period, they, they the Ducks kind of put it away when they, they scored a goal early into the third period, and they they scored a goal with like five minutes remaining, and the Bruins weren't able to find a way to get it past Frederick Anderson. And I believe that was Frederick Anderson's second or third shutout of the season. And he looks good because the Bruins did have some quality chances to score. Um, as you said, Jimmy Hayes was a healthy – as I said, Jimmy Hayes was a healthy scratch last night, Tyler Randall. Got into the game for the first time in a while. So Daniel Chara dropped the gloves with Clayton Stoner, even though it was kind of more of a wrestling match. It was good to see Chara finally step up and, and do something and be a leader. Not that he hasn't been doing anything all season long. I don't, I don't mean to portray it like that, but it was just you've been so bad against these teams as against the West. You haven't been able to beat out the West, a Western Conference. I shouldn't say Western Conference team. You haven't been able to beat a Pacific California team from the West all season long. Anderson made 38 saves. So the Bruins were in the game. The Bruins made a, had a ton of opportunities to score. That's why I said I don't think the Bruins played as bad last night as 4 nothing indicates. They just couldn't find a way to score. No, that's no, you know, I'm looking at the stats, and it does. From the stats, it shows that it looks like, looks like they played the better game. But it's just shocking that, you know, the, de- the defense is just not there for this team. No, but we've been talking about that all season long. Yeah, and that's why I think it's going to be rough when, when even when they get in the process. I think it's going to be rough. Well, yeah, I must. We can debate this another I must, day. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I mean, you, you know, I, you know, I know that the defense is horrible. I've been saying to get defense all season long. I've been asking the Bruins to trade Louis Erickson for defense, so I, I know it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a grind, and I think that you know, Gustafson has to make some saves that 
Gustin has to make some saves last night to help out the defense, and he just didn't do it. Speaking of Louis Erickson, I've heard this going around on Twitter. Should the Bruins really consider re-signing Louis Erickson, or should they just let him go? At the I'd end let of the him season? go. Okay, I'm, just, I'm still on the same page there. A lot of people are beginning to disagree with that, with the way he's playing, but most of them don't realize he's in the contract year. Of course, he's going to play hard to earn his money for his next team. Yeah, and I didn't even notice Louis Erickson was on the ice last night, to be honest. Well, you notice that in a lot of big games with Louis That's Erickson. That's what I mean. Like he, like he's, a, he's, a, oh, he's a good player. But when you need, like, he doesn't stand out. No, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve a five-year, $6 million contract when he doesn't stand out. I'm sorry, he doesn't deserve that. Even when, even, like, uh, I know, I'm I'm, I'm just trying to compare him to Marshan because Louis Erickson and Marshan are the the top two left wings on this team, right? You would say that, obviously, they're the two best left wings on this team. And you could even throw Bolesky in there. You can say the top nine forwards. All three of them are left wings. Marshan, Bolesky, Erickson. Even if Valeski and Marshan aren't scoring, I notice them doing something every game. Erickson, I don't. No. No, you don't. And in the big games, Erickson doesn't show up. And that's why I, I'd be get rid of Erickson, bring up Fatrano, see how he does. You move Valeski up with Pashnik and Krejci, or if you want to go out and maybe make a move, or make a signing, or make a trade to put to figure out someone for Krejci, fine. And then you bring up for Toronto, you plug him in on the third line with Spooner and see what the kid can do. He has 31 games and he has 31 goals and 31 games, for goodness sakes, down in Providence. How much more can the kid score down there before you give him a shot again in the NHL? I mean, but he could have he could just be an NHL scorer and, and not translate that to the NHL game. But why not give him a year and see if he can do it? The Bruins did the, the Bruins did it with Spooner this year and it's working out. And they're doing it with Pashnik, and now you gotta do it with Toronto. Yes, you have to. And you know what? You just almost have to wonder if the Bruins really need to start making big changes at the end of the season because of the fact that I'm not sure they want to go into next season the same way they played this year. I would hope not. I would hope. And I still and I would still consider moving the coach. I would hope not. So, Bruins have 0-2 this week. They have another tough game tonight against LA. We'll give our predictions. Even though we both think they're probably going to lose, we'll give our predictions for the Rangers and uh, Panthers a little bit later on. But Jason, I want to just do a quick exercise with you. I don't know if you if you saw this week the, um, the NHL was talking about expansion. Did you see this? Yes. And what the what the expansion is? They say they say an NHL team is going to be probably in the NHL around 2017, and that teams will be notified of what is going to happen with their team because they're going to have an expansion draft. And what the expansion draft is. Darren Jagger put up on TSN that it's either going to go one of two ways where uh, every team will be able to keep seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters overall and one goaltender. Explain that again to me. Okay, so they kind of have an expansion draft, which means the team can't just, you know, be an AHL team. They're going to have – the NHL is telling general managers around the league that they're going to be allowed to – it's kind of like saving them. You, you keep them. They're, they're they're untouchable, so you have you'll be able to save seven forwards, three defensemen, one goaltender, or the other option is going to be eight skaters overall between your forwards and defensemen, just eight, and then one goaltender to keep and have the other team not be able to draft in an expansion draft. So if you're the Bruins, right, and and because they're gonna find out, they say this June, it's gonna be known what 
what the rule is. It's gonna, if it's going to be seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie, or it's just going to be eight for eight skaters overall. And I was thinking about this, and I and I was been doing. I've been doing more of the eight skaters because I feel like that's what's going to be like eight skaters, not seven forwards, three goaltenders. I mean, three defensemen and one goalie because I feel like that's going to limit the other team to like literally only third line players and bottom pairing defensemen, and I don't think that's fair. To an expansion team, you just have them come in and kind of suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel I've been going, I've been thinking in my head it's going to be the eight skaters and one goaltender. So I've been doing this out in my head, thinking about oh, who would I if I'm the Bruins, who do I keep and make untouchable for an expansion draft? So obviously I come up with, I came up with Bergeron, Marshan, Krejci, Pashnik, Tori Krug, Colin Miller. I have six right now. Six, and this is where it gets a little tricky for me. You could, you have Boleski that you could save. You have Spooner. You have um, Adam McQuaid. You have Louis Erickson if the Bruins re-sign him. There's a lot of, you know, give and take there with the, the seven and eight spot that you want to save. And I was just thinking if you, if you could save eight Bruins for this team, Obviously, Tuka Rask would be probably the goaltender because I don't think you'd save Malcolm Subban. So I'm assuming Tuka Rask is your goaltender. What eight skaters on this Bruins team would you save? Okay, I like this game. Um, I would save Bergeron, Bulaski, Krejci, Krug, Spooner, Martian, and McQuaid. And McQuaid? So you wouldn't save Colin Miller? Oh, I'm looking at the Bruins roster on the website. Colin Miller's not even on the roster. I would keep Kevin Miller. I uh, Colin Miller. Ah, uh, yeah. So you, you did it over. You, I, but, but he's not really even on the uh, roster. He's out and down the. Right, but I think if this expansion team happens, it won't happen until 2017. I think he'll be on the roster by then. So that's kind of why I'm basing it off of Colin Miller. But I understand your point. So you're saying McQuaid over just because Colin Miller's not on the roster right now. So, but you're saying yes. if Colin Miller was on the roster, you would you would keep Colin. I would, just, I would save Colin Miller, um, and I would also trade out David Krejci for Frank Frank Vitrano. I think that's roster. nuts, but we'll have to wait and see how Vitrano plays before we actually say that's nuts. So we'll give. Uh, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if that's the what if scenario. If it's not Frank Vitrano, then I would obviously keep Krejci. Right. So we we'll have to wait and see Vitrano. I just think David Krejci is crucial for this Bruins team. Um, the one thing I want to get to. Uh, in the around the NHL news that you and I are talking about, uh, Tyler Sagan injured out three to four weeks, um, where partially cut Achilles tendon, and you know Tyler Sagan was obviously was having a great year, um, fourth leading scorer in the NHL over the past two seasons. I think he's fourth in the NHL in scoring this year, or third or fourth behind, you know, Jamie Benn and Tyler. I mean, and Patrick Kane. Uh, this is going to be a big injury for Dallas because. They're fighting for home ice in the Western Conference. And obviously you would want home ice when you're playing teams like St. Louis and Chicago in your own division. And without losing one of your big guns there, it's going to be very difficult for the Stars to overcome. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be difficult. I mean, we've got three weeks left in the season, so by then you would think Tyra Sagan should be able to heal up by the playoffs. But I've heard this. I've I've been kind of thinking this from the time that the Bruins beat the Stars. That the Stars are a different kind of team. They're more of a speed and finesse team, and not really a toughness. I think 
the Stanley Cup's going to go to a team that's about toughness this year anyway. So I don't see the Stars going far. I can see the Stars getting upset early. Anyway. Yeah, I can obviously see that too. But if you're the Stars, you have 10 games left and you're at 93 points. St. Louis is two points behind and Blackhawks are three points behind. So you have St. Louis, Chicago, and Dallas all f- with 10 games left all fighting for, you know, home ice. And if you're if you're Dallas, you want to win the division because that way you let St. Louis and Chicago beat the crap out of each other and you play a wild card team. But you know, if this injury could, you know, kind of derail that. No, it, it does. It definitely derails that and it's tough for the stars, but if the stars keep fighting hard, then they should they could still win it. They could, but I just think it's gonna be really tough for them. The next game's against the Islanders. I think they have a uh, a lot of tough games. I think they have a few tough games coming up, and the division's very, very tough too. So, they they need. I think if the Dallas wants to make the second round of the playoffs, they need to finish first in their division. They need to. They need to for sure. But I think even if they finish first, I I'd be I'd keep an eye out for the speed and finesse thing and see yeah, where they play they'd be in playing first Colorado. round. Okay, then they would win. So Colorado or Minnesota, they're kind of battling out for the for the final spot. I'd be more worried about Minnesota. Although Colorado would be the Colorado would be the surprise team. I'd say keep an eye out for too. Uh, I'd be more worried about Minnesota if Minnesota could some way somehow squeak in and get by Colorado for the final wild card spot. But I mean, look in the East. Look at Philadelphia in the East. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. You said I mean, that you've been on the record saying you think Philadelphia is gonna make the playoffs because Claude Drew is coming back. You said they're gonna get hot at the right time, and Philadelphia has been shot out of a cannon recently. They have been on fire. They just beat the Blackhawks. They just beat um, Detroit, and Detroit's in the in the wild card's final spot right now with eighty one points, with seventy one games left for them. Philadelphia is has one point less with two games in hand. So all Philadelphia has to do is win one of those two games in hand, and they're back in the playoffs. And the Flyers have been playing tremendous hockey as of late. And they have the Penguins coming up for three games, and the Penguins are without Malkin. They've- they so with that being said, times. I think the Flyers can easily do it. And they play them three times, and I think the Flyers can easily get in. I think it's the Penguins that need to watch out. Yeah, and the Flyers are 8-1-1 in their past 10 games. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, I just, you know, you look at that rookie goaltender, Shane Gostisbehere, not goaltender, defenseman Shane Gostisbehere, and you really, you have a team that's developing for yeah, sure. Yeah, they are developing. Philadelphia could be the team flying hot. One thing I would be worried about if I'm a Flyers fan, though, is the defense and goalie isn't really... The goalie's, the goaltender has been playing pretty well, but their defense isn't really as good. They're, the defense is kind of like Boston's, where you look at their defense, defensemen and you just go, these are your defensemen. So, we'll have to wait and see about the Flyers, but they're hot right now. They have good for, they have good forwards. They have, obviously, Drew Simmons, Braden Shen. So, Flyers are a team to watch out for for right now. Let's just see if I were the Bruins, the Flyers are not are not a team I'd want to play the first round in the playoffs. No, definitely not. The Flyers seem to be coming on at the right time for, obviously, for the playoff push. So, another thing I wanted to get to and um, that I saw on Twitter, obviously, was that, like as you just said, Evgeny Malkin's out six to eight weeks, and this is a tough injury for Pittsburgh because I think this Pittsburgh is going to go nowhere in the playoffs now without Malkin. Six to eight weeks is tough. That's about two months. The playoffs are going to start when Malkin's still injured. Just, I think Pittsburgh can chalk up this year as a loss. I mean, they fought hard since they fired their coach. I will give them that. But I don't think I think that you know Detroit's going to probably squeak in because Detroit's known for that. And I think Pittsburgh will be the one that's left out with the three games in hand again. With the three games against Philadelphia, Philadelphia plays well. 
Yeah, excuse me there. I just think the Penguins, even if they make the playoffs, aren't going to go far. They're going to be playing either Washington or Florida or Tampa or Boston. I just don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to match up. No, it's not. It's, I mean, you saw them play Boston a few weeks ago. It's a tough matchup game without Malkin for sure because all the top defensive pairings have to do is shut down Crosby. Yeah, that's because they don't have any other offense really besides Crosby. Exactly. And, I mean, they got a good young team going, going into next year. Yeah, definitely, and I think they'll be a lot better next year. But I think this year is kind of, kind of a lost cause right now. No, for sure. And you and you would hope that the entire Eastern Conference is better next year. Yes, definitely. So um, another thing I wanted to touch on quickly, too, is the salary cap in the NHL. is rumored, rumored, I know it's only rumored, projected to be $74 million. Um it would have to. It says it would have to require the NHLPA to use its inflator cause. If the players are more in, inclined to escrow payments, the cap would likely remain flat at seventy-one point four million. There's a tweet from uh, Scott Cullen from TSN that says there are fifteen teams set to spend more than seventy million dollar caps this year, so that million dollars does matter. So clearly, as you see, uh, if seventy, if the salary cap does go to seventy-four, it would benefit almost every team in the NHL because. If 15 teams are spending $70 million ish and the cap stays at 71, that's tough because that means a lot of teams are going to be having to make tough decisions on their rosters. Yeah, no, it's going to be really tough. And it's going to be tough for the West. It's going to be tough for the East. But it's the it's going to really be tough for the Bruins, too. It's going to be tough for every team. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out and which players. They get cut off the teams, and which players stay? Uh, yes, definitely. So, uh, also com- coming to the NHL next year, uh, out of the GM meetings in Boca Raton, Florida, they have them every year. The GM meetings and goalie equipment will be going, will be decreased next year, with a focus on the chest protectors and the pants, and making them a little bit smaller because obviously goaltenders now are absolutely massive. It's crazy how like big goaltenders are on the net now. And obviously, the NHL wants more scoring, so they are making that switch next year. They are decreasing some of the goal equipment, and I think this is a good move. I think it's a great move for a start to see if that brings in more goals next year. But that means next year we won't be able to. We cannot complain about the goaltending if the teams give up three or four goals a game. No, but I think that's what the NHL wants. Just to... But that's what that's what we want. That's four, what the fans want. That's what the four NHL three games wants. Are exciting. Oh, yeah. High-scoring games are exciting. And with the size of the cold tenders these days, I would definitely start with decreasing the cold tender equipment for sure, seeing how that yeah, plays out. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a bad start at all. See how it works. If it doesn't work out, you have to figure out something else. But why not just start with that and see how it goes? Exactly. It's like you kind of started going back to 1980 again in those years where the equipment was a lot smaller. Right. So, you know, um, Jason, also, you know how I was, you know, complaining about the, the offsides rule and uh, and how you can't even tell if there's an offsides. The referee has to look at some stupid small camera, some tablet inside the, the scorer's box to see if it's offsides. Yeah, rumor has it they're putting goaltending cameras on the blue Correct. line. Correct. Yeah, NHL is going to add uh, blue line cameras in time for the postseason. So that way, if a coach challenges it, they'll have better camera angle to see if it was offsides. Thank you, NHL. It only took you 72 games to figure this out. There's been numerous calls this year with you know, bad calls that's gone against teams. You've had three 
big coaches in the NHL, John Tortorella, Claude Julian, and uh, Joe Quinville of the Chicago Blackhawks, complain about this rule, about we don't know what's a goal anymore, we don't know what's offsides anymore, and finally the NHL is doing something about it. This, this should have been done weeks ago. Weeks and months ago it should have been done. No, it should have been done, but you know what? I guess when it comes to the NHL, I'm sure they've had it in the back of their head not to make a change during the season and just to wait till the offseason. Yeah, I guess so, but like that that's going to be done a lot sooner. You're going to know that if, if this rule is ca- causing games to be, you know, decided by that call on the ice, it's it should have been done a lot earlier. It should have been put it should have been done before the season even started. Be, okay, well, if we're going to have this offside, so we're going to have to have a camera on the blue line. I see. I'm, I, I still think the NHL always needs to get rid of the offside rule completely and just call it loosely. It solves all the problems. It needs, it, it, the NHL doesn't need to get that technical. No, I, I wish they would. I wish they would kind of let it like loosely too. Like, like the the goals that they're calling back for the Bruins, but like, oh, his skate was off the ice, but he wasn't over the blue line. I think that should be allowed to be a goal. No, I agree because he tried to stay. Because that person would have tried to stay on side. Right. You're talking a couple of inches. What does a couple of inches matter? Right, I agree there. And um, the last thing I want to touch on around the league is uh, it's almost almost a foregone conclusion that we will have no Canadian teams in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. That means a Canadian team will not take home the Stanley Cup again this year. It's not going to happen. I think it's shocking that there's no, there's no Canadian teams, which means... How much of an audience are the NHL playoffs going to have without Canada even watching? Because who knows how many Canadians are just going to watch these games? In the Western Conference alone, the the four worst teams in the conference are all from Canada. Yep. Winnipeg, it's Winnipeg, crazy. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Oh man, how like, that's so bad. No, it's awful. Then you have awful. Toronto, obviously it's- tanking. That was that's plan. They they want they are they want Austin Matthews as part of the plan. Uh, then you have, although Toronto's been playing better. Yeah, they've all the young guys playing. I don't think they know any better. That's why because they're all young and they're trying to prove themselves in the NHL and they're trying to do whatever it takes to have a roster spot next year. I believe so. I think that's why they're playing better. Which is why I watch out for them when they play the Bruins. Uh, also, you have Montreal who uh, is not making the playoffs unless they win pretty much their next ten games. But even I don't think no, I don't Montre- even think that will get them into the playoffs done. because. That only put them at seventy-two points in Detroit. As carry Pri- carry yes. still all right. Yeah, they're done. Ottawa has seventy-four points. So if they won out every game, that would get them to eighty-four points. If they won their last ten games, no, that would get them to ninety-four points. But uh, that's just I just did that math horribly wrong. That's why I was a communication. That's why I was a <laughs> communications major, not a not a stats guy. But if I think Ottawa and Montreal would have to win out to even have a chance at the playoffs. Or go like nine and one, or like something along. But that's not no, going to happen. I mean, Boston plays Ottawa the last game of the season. I'm sure it'll be a hard fought game between both teams. Well, and also, a problem with that too is they're playing each other tonight, so I don't think they're going to they're going to be able to go on a run like that. No, they won't be. Not with the air. No, so the Bruins, so not the Bruins. The, no Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's going to be all teams from the United States of America. And people are going to be like, oh, well, there's Canadian players on the team. Yes, I know that. I'm just saying a Canadian team in general has not brought home a Stanley Cup in quite some time now. No, it's it's cra- it's crazy because it's been all the American teams. And most of, those, and most of it has been L.A., Chicago, and Boston. 
Yeah, the last, yeah, six, last years. six years has been like that. So I'm glad for the um, I'm glad for the United States teams to be honest to get the cup because I think with the United States teams becoming better, it's becoming a better sport in this country, and we're trying to generate more people to watch the game. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, with the with the there being no Canadian teams, they're gonna practically lose the audience in Canada because who's gonna want to watch the games with no Canadian? Teams I think they'll watch the it. games because they're very diehard fans up there. They, they they just like to watch hockey. But I, I it wouldn't it won't be it wouldn't be as much if say Montreal or Toronto were in the playoffs. Correct. So you're gonna lose some some members out of the audience. I don't think you're gonna lose all. of them. No, you won't lose all of them. You definitely lose, you'll lose a pretty good share of it. All right, Jason. So the Bruins have three games this week, upcoming games. They you know Los Angeles tonight to finish off a California trip, and they play the Rangers on Wednesday in New York, and they play the uh, the Florida Panthers at home on Thursday. So the Bruins have a back to back coming up after a long road trip. Um, so three games this week, Jason. Obviously, we already know they're going to be on one after tonight. Uh, what else you got for the Rangers and Panth- uh, Panthers? Call me crazy, but I'm gonna go oh, two man, and one. I think the roof is caving in. The sun is just shot. Is the sun is shining today? I don't. I'm gonna probably end up wrong too. Wow, I can't. Jason is calling for the Bruins to win two games in a row. I can't believe it. Cannot believe it. Usually I'm the one that does this, and you're usually the one that says zero and three, or they'll be lucky to win a game, or something along the lines like that. I said 0 and 3 was I said 0 and 3 last week. I'm so far so good from last week. Yeah, so far you know so I mean? good with that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think the Bruins are gonna win tonight. I, I'm just hoping if the Bruins could somehow find a way to squeak into overtime or something, I'd be happy tonight. Uh, I the, I just don't even see that happening. <laughs> it, it's it's. LA, LA is in the West. It's 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 insane. The Pacific Division is insane. Yeah, it's a very tough division. Also, I'll be happy if the Bruins don't give up five goals. Yeah, that's a good point there. I think Tukarask is going to have to stand on his head tonight and play very well. So we'll see how Tukarask fares. I think the, um, the Bruins are going to go 1-1-1. 1-1-1. One, one, one. Like they're going to lose tonight, and I think they're going to beat. I don't know who they're going to beat. I, I want to say they're going to beat. They yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they need Florida, to... and I think they're going to lose in overtime to the Rangers. The Rangers will be yeah, a battle. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. The Bruins have played them um, twice this year. The Bruins have won 4-3, to three and they lost 2-1, to one or something like that. So, both those games, you know, tight one-goal games, it's going to be a battle. You know how the Rangers play. The Rangers have solid defensemen, and Hammer Lundqvist and Nett, and the Bruins usually, Tugarask usually plays well against New York for some reason. So, it's going to be a battle, like you said. Yeah, but it, it'll be a fun to watch battle. Bruins Rangers sure. games always seem like fun I, to watch. I'm just pretty sure I'm gonna end up wrong in this, but I I have to go two and one just because it's a gut feeling. I got yeah, some crazy this week. Yeah, some wins, so I don't think it's really that crazy when you think about it. No, they need it. They need if they go zero and three on this road trip, they need to come back and find some way to rebuild the confidence. Right, and they, like you, as you said, trip. they've been good on the road too. So I'm just gonna give them the benefit of the doubt there until they come back and play the Rangers tough if they lose tonight. If they go 0-4 on this trip, my tone's going to change dramatically because it'll be not only 0-3 against the West, but then you add another game against against an Eastern team, and my tone will probably change big time. But if they can beat New York or take well, New York Eastern Conference teams I'll change, I'll... are easier for the Bruins to play against than West Conference teams, as we found out 
throughout this whole season. That's why if they lose at my if, if they lose in New York, I'm gonna change my tone about the way that the Bruins are playing. I mean, yes, they've been playing well, but they need the New York on the road with the way the record is. They need they should be able to beat. Yes, ex- yes, exactly. Logically. So Jason has found the light of day and is projecting the Bruins to have a winning week this week. For probably since the first time in eight, in weeks, I I can't even remember the last time Jason picked the Bruins to have a winning week. I can't remember the last time I picked the Bruins to win. That's so I'm going to say 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and I'm going to hope that Jason's more right than I am. But it's going to be a tough week for the Bruins, starting in Los Angeles tonight and the Rangers and Panthers. Three playoff teams, three teams that are pretty high up in the standings. So it's, I think if the if the Bruins lose all three of these games, Jason will have a reason to, uh, to talk next week about not making the playoffs. But if the Bruins win one of, the, one of these games or get win two of these games, I think it's going to be a foregone conclusion the Bruins are making the playoffs. You said it's not set in stone until it's done, but this week is a big week, and if they if they can win at least one of these games, it should inch them closer towards making the playoffs and inch them closer towards being pretty good in their yeah, own division. Yeah, this week's massive. Massive for the Bruins. That Rangers game and is going to be massive. Because Ford yeah. is beatable. As we saw with Roberto Luongo, was that stiff. But, yeah, this is a very, very tough week for the Bruins. They have 10 games left. The Bruins need to start getting some points again. No, they need it. Otherwise, the uh, Red Wings, who are very capable of coming back from where they are, especially with their game in hand, say, you know, like I said, that what-if scenario, the Bruins lose all their games this week and the Detroit wins at least two, it'll give them the advantage. With Chicago and St. Louis coming up the week after. So it's just a lot Definitely to pay attention to. to. So, well, and I hope for that, and I hope for a good week, and uh, that will conclude our our episode of Bruins beat for CLNS Radio. Uh, don't forget to like uh, follow us on Twitter at MikeSetta22 at JasonBuckley91. Also, don't forget to follow us our Twitter page for Bruins Beat at Bruins underscore Beat. Uh, like us on Facebook, and also you can get us on iTunes, right, Jason? Right, you can look us up on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast, and you can find us on their app CLNS Radio. Also, before we end the show, I'd like to give a shout out to the Group of people on Red Sox beat. Yeah, you do a great Justin show over there on Red Sox beat. With baseball season starting up, definitely tune into that show because it's going to be a very yeah, interesting year for the Red Sox. Day or something like that, a little bit over three. Two, wow, wow it's coming two. right down to it. It's crazy how uh, quick baseball sneaks up on you. No, it does. It sneaks up, it sneaks up quickly. But Yes, yeah, go listen to our friends over there. They do a great job, great podcast. They've had some great guests on the past few weeks. To discuss breakout potential, potential breakout stars, Red Sox record, who's going to be the MVP, stuff along the lines like that. Please go give them a listen. They're good. They do a great job over there. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to end the show. And like I said, we need to hope yeah, that the Bruins massive, have a big week this week because the they need it. We gotta, we gotta. Hopefully, the Bruins can get a win or two on these next three games because if the Bruins lose all three. Look out below because the Bruins will have six game, six or seven games left, and they're gonna need to put some wins together. So, big week for the Bruins. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, you listen, hopefully you listen next week as well. Um, go Bruins! Go Bruins! <laughs>